Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Stanley Cup Final Preview. We're going for the big one, folks. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Stanley Cup final. You know, the games don't start until tomorrow, so it's not quite full hype mode. We still got some hype stuff coming your way. That's all I'm saying. Do we? I don't even know what we've done and what we uh, have wanted to still do. So the the highlight video is coming tonight. Oh, sweet. And then the hype video is coming tomorrow. So (laughs) plenty of hype left still to come. I've been trying to write something for like three days, but like it, none of it has just like felt real at all. I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. I haven't written our series preview. <laughs> I don't know what to say, honestly. Yeah, I'm just nice. kind of like, well, two juggernauts are about to exchange haymakers for the next 10 days or so. Yeah, without without jumping the gun completely. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this... N- I tweeted this out the other night, and one person thought I was talking about the NBA finals and quote tweeted me like, are you kidding me? No one wanted that. I was like, well, yeah, maybe. But... <laughs> For the NHL, I mean, nobody wants Boston to have any. Well, that was that was what he, yeah. that was what the person was saying. He's like nobody wanted to see the Celtics. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, but anyways, not what I was talking. Yeah, about. yeah. Going back to preseason, is this not like if if you could have asked? And obviously, everyone's got like their fandom right for their teams. But like, if you were to ask most hockey fans, what would be the best matchup you could see for the Stanley Cup Final? I think this would have been the one. It would have been Colorado versus, and I think that list would have been two or three teams: Tampa, Toronto, Florida. Yeah, yeah. And and this is a matchup I I will never forget. I think it was was the year that they the Avs beat Calgary in the first round, and Pierre Maguire got a bunch of flack because he was doing uh, the Tampa Bay Colorado game on NBCSN, and he said halfway through the game. I don't know, guys, seeing these teams up close, this may be a Stanley Cup final preview. And so for like the last three years, this has been something that's kind of been building. I think Steven Stamkos today even said, we thought we would run into these guys at some point in the last two years. Like over our last couple runs, Mm -hmm. we thought we'd run into these guys. And it just feels like... Strange that they were thinking about it. Right, right. Like it's (laughs) it's just, this. it's been building towards this series, in my opinion, for two, three years now. Um, and kind of like, you know, Colorado Vegas where everyone just kind of kept waiting for it. And now we finally get it. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to be, I'm so excited to talk about it. Cause I think this is going to be such a fun series, such great hockey to watch the way these two teams match up. I think is just, we, we haven't seen anything like it in this playoffs. I think it's been a long, long, long time since we've seen a matchup like yeah, this where I, it's two juggernauts. I would say probably the last time that we had a matchup, uh, 
anticipated like this was probably like Chicago, Tampa in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe Pittsburgh, Detroit in like 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the rematch, the back to back. Yeah. Well, um, and then, I mean, like seriously, at that point, you're talking 2008, 2009. You're not that far off from 01 where it was... Yeah, Colorado, I mean, Colorado, New Jersey. New Jersey yeah, was, those were the teams that year. Begin. I mean, that was wire to wire. Right, right. Those were the teams that was that was the defending champ against the team that won the President's Trophy. So yeah, that one felt inevitable. Um, this one, in a lot of ways, now that we're here, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we all pick, you know, we're picking individual series and making brackets and all this stuff, and but it's like. Nobody's surprised yeah. that Tampa Bay right. is here. Right. Nobody's surprised that Colorado is here. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, Colorado-Tampa. Yeah, <laughs> well, makes perfect sense. And, and Nate had a quote this morning saying that they talked about it and they are, they're glad it's Tampa. They're happy it's Tampa. They said it's not any Cinderella story. There's nothing, there's, nothing's going to be cheap. For, either, for whichever team ends up winning this, there's nothing cheap about this. There's already, yeah, because had it been the Rangers, there's already been some, like, Oh, well, who is Colorado played? Right. Like, it's so funny because, oh, well, they couldn't get out of the second round. And, oh, well, they, who did they play in the first round every year? And now they get to a cup final and you have people trying to take that away. Right. Like, they didn't beat multiple 100-point teams. <laughs> right, right, right. To, to get here. And you're just like, okay. Well, and they, and they beat the team that everybody picked like, oh, if there's any team that's going to beat the Avs, it's St. Louis. St. Louis yeah. has the – they play the style. They play the whatever. And, like, look, that game five got away from the Avs there late. Did anybody feel like that second-round series was ever in jeopardy, in question? Our, our chat certainly did that night. <laughs> <laughs> we, all felt, we all felt pretty good. But, like, but I mean, yeah, like, even – I remember you know, my, my dad called me after game five, losing his mind, right? Yeah. Oh, here we go again, second round. And yeah. you can see it. And I told him, I was like, I, I get Relax. it. I get it. I was like, but I promise, after t- 36 hours, the emotion is settled from everyone. They'll be fine. I remember walking into morning skate for game six. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is done. Yeah. Like, this is done. It ended up being a dramatic game. Dramatic um, game. But, but the fact that they were yeah. even able to bounce back in that moment showed you so much about the maturity yeah. that, that it wasn't squeezing the stick and when it was close late. And, like, that was a team where you're talking about a team with some championship experience, For a sure. team that understood how to walk the walk. And they gave you a little bit of pushback. And I think that that was an important, uh, I think that's going to end up being an underrated part of this. If Colorado gets through Tampa Bay, I think the St. Louis experience will be an underrated piece of it. I, I, yeah, like you said, it, it, a lot of it depends on how this series ends up, mm-hmm. but uh, I look forward to going back and kind of reflecting on all this. I, I do want to get into all the nitty gritty of it, but first, it was media day yep. today for both Tampa and Colorado going into the Cup final. Jesse, you were there, yep, talking to everyone. You said it was it was quite a workload for some of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, I seriously did. I think he did right at about an hour's worth of nonstop interviewing couple of them ever tried to interview somebody you'll know how crazy that is yeah yeah and and a couple of them on live tv Mm -hmm. so it wasn't even like uh there's just a bunch of people with phones and microphones and recorders like no you're live on the air you've got to be on you've got to be sharp um the abs media day and i'm assuming it's because there was local media more local media here 
there was probably twice the amount of people for abs than there was for lightning. Um, just not, not bad for a bland team that doesn't offer very much. Not bad, right? And uh, like that dude was here. He was. Yep. Yep. Wyshynski was here. I mean, all of them, dude. I mean, like Elliot Friedman, uh, Frank Saravelli, Pierre LeBrun. I mean, like you know, Darren Drager, like the big guns are here. Um, and it was really today was the first moment for me where it was like a whoa, the Avalanche are playing in the Stanley Cup final like tomorrow. Um, it ha- it's, I've had a really hard time like getting it to feel real, but yeah, um, it'll help when the game starts. And yeah, we're back in that rhythm and we're like, all right, it's just hockey. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the NHL. So this is now an NHL event. It's no longer run by the the teams locally in their local PR. So like, I've been in Ball Arena for forty one games this year, and I walked in, and it is a completely different process. Yeah. They've moved the media room, the old media room. Like we're not allowed in anymore. That's a completely different, dedicated workspace. Um, and it ju- it felt very grand. It felt very big stage today. Um, just it's being the there for stage all that sport has to offer. Yeah, and it and it felt like it today. Yeah. And I asked Logan O'Connor. Um, I, I was able to kind of like wait for his media scrum to settle down and I was able to go up and ask him. I said, have you had a chance? And I was asking him for him personally, like you come in undrafted and just like, yeah, go, you know, go with the Eagles and see what happens. And now you're like, I thought he was going to be in the ECHL. Yeah. I, I mean like, and that's how he came in and now he's, you're not pulling him off that fourth line for anybody given the way he's played in this postseason. Uh, you know, he's he's a staple part of a team that's in the Stanley Cup final. I said, is it sunk into you? You're sitting here at Stanley Cup final media day. And he said, he goes, honestly, I think for all of us, uh, he said, I think having the couple days off and the chance to kind of be at home and rest and recharge gave us that opportunity to like let it sink in and let it kind of sit. He's like, I think had we had to jump right in, maybe the nerves and the jitters and the the moment may have thrown us off a bit, but like he's like, we've been able to be excited about it, accept it, let it sink in, and now we just get to work. Um, and so it's it's really interesting just talking to fans around, you know, on Twitter, you know, the, the you know the four of us talking to other media members, and now the players. Seems like everyone's kind of gone through the same. Yeah. Can't believe this is happening. Just enjoying the moment. Whoa, this is real, and now they're ready to play the games and. Um, I'm excited, man. The, the the city seems ready. You know, they're getting everything set up across the street. We're going to be, I mean, if, if we don't have people like spilling out into the street, I'd be shocked. Um, like it, it's just, everyone is, everyone is ready for it. And being there today made it feel a little bit extra real. And you can tell they're, the abs are chomping at the bit to get on the ice tomorrow. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we should probably talk about it. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, guess, now, yeah, now we. Can. I guess we should get into the actual preview. Before we do, I do just want to shout out a couple of people uh, Keith and Caitlin, who were here for the conference finals that I promised I would shout out like two weeks ago, and I keep forgetting. So I remembered. Uh, they're, they're one of our peoples. Both of them are our peoples. Shout on, out. On a, on a sort of side note, uh, we're not the people to ask for where to stay hotels wise. Absolutely not. In Denver? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I am. Yeah, hit me up. Great. Hit him, <laughs> hit him That's up. That's Jesse's thing. Stop DMing me. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't help you get tickets. I don't know how to get cheap tickets. The, the tickets one I, is something I've been asked I've a lot. I've been asked about I tickets. haven't bought a yeah. ticket in eight years. I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know where to stay. I live here. I don't have to stay in hotels. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a bad resource for this. I'm sorry. I love you guys. I cannot help you with Ho- these things. Hotels downtown, I can help you out. If you're wanting to be like close to the arena, I can help you out. Yeah, the tickets and all that stuff. I feel bad because like a ton of people have, have reached out to me like, hey, can you buy? I'm like, no, I have I asked my friend who works in the ticket department. It's pretty grim. It just sounds like it's up to resellers at this point, even though there are tickets that are going to become available for purchase. um, I don't think there's really any left. And so it's up to the resellers now, and it sounds like the prices are really high. So So before we get into the game, I just (laughs) want to detour on this really fast. We're about to go. better be a fast detour. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about the cup final. You have 45 seconds to go hard on Ticketmaster, and then we get out of here. Well, no, no. So it's just... When the pre, when the abs moved on and a bunch of those tickets started becoming available through resellers, yep. and everyone was talking how expensive they were, and I was like, yeah, but that's always what happens. People try to take advantage of folks getting on in on it early. A guy listing a ticket for $10,000 right. doesn't mean he's selling a ticket for $10,000. Right, 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 right. And so that was kind of my assumption. The average ticket for a price at Ball Arena for games one and two has actually gone up since the abs first uh, punched least, their ticket to yeah. the final. Uh, I've been unbelievably surprised, and I've heard people like crazy p- spending the money, buying the tickets, and for the ones that come available, while I didn't look at the email super closely, the last time the abs were in the final, the limited release tickets were typically standing room only, and they were typically done through some type of lottery. Um, so yeah, like you said, it, it sounds pretty grim if you're trying to buy them directly through the team. Um, I know they will be having some available. I'm assuming it's going to be through some type of lottery process, but uh, crazy. I mean, shout out to Avs fans. I mean, they're they're paying the price to show up. Um, Denver's a great sports town. If if you've got a, if you've got a reason to celebrate, Denver shows up, and uh, looks like they're doing it so far. So that was far, over so 45 far. seconds. A little Sorry. bit, a little bit over. <laughs> We have no concept of 45 seconds. Yeah, I was going to say 45 seconds, 45 (laughs) minutes. It's basically the same. Same, same. Yeah, no difference. Uh, Look, we can start with the abs path into the cup finals here. The one everyone is saying is soft. And you know what? How do we feel about it? I think there's an argument that there weren't a ton of tough teams on that road, but they also went 12 and 2. So (laughs) here's my thing. You ask how how do we feel about the road? Mm Mm-hmm. Every one of these rounds, if you listen to media, national media, Canadian media, every single one of them with, huh, the abs are a great team, but the Predators are going to give them all they can handle. Well, hey, you know, they made pretty quick work of the Predators, but the Blues <laughs> but there was no are going to so give these guys all they can handle. Then they were up 3-1 to one against the Blues, eventually eliminated them. It's like, well, you know, they yeah, got but there was no Jordan Binnington, right. so and it was like the Evs just got a free pass. And they haven't had to play anyone like Connor McDavid, and they're going to give the Avs. Now, the, they are going to give the Avs all they can handle. <laughs> It's a sweep, and now yeah, it's, but well... But well, Mike Smith sucks. Right, and Leon right, right. Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse were hurt, and so they never even stood a chance. And and it, should, it was just funny to me how the narrative shifted just from one series to the next of... That was an effective bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a lot of podcasts, yeah. and, and I'm not, again, yeah. like I'm not trying to bash anybody. Like, the point of this is everyone is saying that they haven't had a hard road now, but before every single series... I can't even tell you how many podcasts I listen to or radio shows that sounded just like that. Yeah. 
where it's oh well these are the caveats as to why they made such oh, quick Nashville work. Nashville plays a really physical style. Right. And the Avs can't handle that. And the Avs can't handle the physicality. If they can get the physicality How going, does that feel now? Right. <laughs> right. The the like the part of it that I don't understand why te- people are still saying oh yeah well the Avs didn't face anyone tough even if you believe that. They crush all three teams they right, Like, right, what right, more right. could they have right. done if against the teams that they didn't face anybody faced. good, didn't they treat those teams appropriately right, by going 12-2? Right. right. And two? right. I, yeah, I don't know what the Avs could have really... I, I guess they could have swept St. Louis. They, they like, that's your they open. They could have closed out game five. Yeah, they could have sure. not blown game five, and they didn't need overtime in any of those in was, any of the series. You know, I'm not going to go to oh, we'll wait till the off season for me to go down <laughs> that specific road. That's it. That's the only things that you could have asked for better, right? Right. Well, and 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 that's and it's just been interesting to me because I I've I actually thought that a lot of people were correct going into some of those series. They're like the way that Nashville is playing near the end of the year. Yeah, that that, that was a good team. I I don't think UC Soros even makes one game of difference in my opinion. He might. Maybe. And that's the best you can give him. Right, right. Uh, you know, and so maybe that one's 4-1 other than 4-0. But like, I, I honestly thought a lot of people were right. There were, each of those teams presented their own challenges. Yeah, those were quality teams. I mean, St. Louis and uh, Edmonton were 100-point teams. Right. Same as what Tampa Bay had to face. Now, I think Toronto and Florida were better. Sure. Yep. Uh, absolutely. But I also I don't think the Rangers were very good outside of having – an elite goaltender like Igor Shostakin just papered over everything. Yep, yep. He did it all year, and he did it throughout the playoffs. And so again, the, the, the so, point. And, and, g- g- genuinely, I just don't know that it matters much. The the path right. was the path. Yeah, they got the teams that were in front of them, and they smoked them. Mm-hmm. Just for clarity's sake, if you bring up Tampa's side here, uh, they did have the one sweep against Florida, but they ended up going twelve and five. Yeah, on their and way. the sweep against Florida, like they get outshot in three of those three of the four games. Those games were closer. Like I know, I think there was like a five-one game in there yeah. in game two mm-hmm. uh, that was not particularly competitive. But like, go back and watch that game four where they're getting dominated, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like they and they get the goal, they win, they get the goal three times. But <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was a series that you know it's four nothing, but it was competitive. In the same way that Colorado Edmonton had a couple of closer games. Sure. It was a competitive four nothing, but it was four nothing. Right. And 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 again, I want to make sure like this isn't me saying like, oh, they're so disrespected by the Na-. It's like, not that at all. It's just it is just it's, people pick the abs in every series. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'll say all of those all of those same shows that we referenced were all this team's gonna give them all they can handle, but I think the abs end up winning. Yep. It's just been funny to me because the abs made such quick work yeah. of Two of those teams, and, I mean, and even he, we were we weren't giving the Avs the credit kind of credit no. that they ended up deserving, right? Like, when none of us picked them to, to go sweep. twelve and two, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, and so it's just it's just interesting because it feels like there's been people we've watched this team up close all year, right? Mm-hmm. We've under it's part of the reason why we were just saying, well, the four of us weren't too worried after Game Five, you know, like yeah, we we you know, Megan, we've been at those morning skates, we've been there, like we see, you know, AJ, you and I were there. We I was actually just going back through and watching all the. Morning skate updates and that first one we did. I have a hilarious screenshot from the game one. But like we've seen the way that these guys have gone about their business. We've seen the way these guys have played. Rudo, you've done breakdowns <laughs> for all eighty-two <laughs> games. Like we understand who this team is. And I just think that you're getting a lot of people who the abs are like forcing themselves on the national media. Like 
you're going to pay attention to us now mm-hmm. because we're just we're going to mop up these teams on you're the way to the cup final. You're going to give us credit. Going to give us credit. Stop talking about past failures. Yeah. You're going to stop talking about all the reasons that we're we can't do this or we won't do this. You're going to start talking about what we did. Right. Yeah. It's, and that's where they are right now is look, they are 12 and 2 to get here. There've been a handful of teams that have been that good since they went since the playoffs expanded to uh, best of seven in every round. But, I mean, you're talking about coming off a 118-point season. If they if they win the Cup, they will go no worse than 12-5. and five. If, they lose, and five. Yeah. if they lose the Cup, the, most, the worst they can do is six losses on the postseason. And it doesn't, and the rest of it doesn't matter. Right, right, but right, 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 right. I'm talking, like, if, if, they, if they win it, the worst that they are is 16-5. and five. That's the <laughs> worst possible record. And after a 119-point season, you start talking about this as a top-five all-time season. Right. Given given all the pieces that they put together. And then, boy, do you really lament the way that they didn't care about the last two weeks of the regular yeah, season. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but no, I just think like that's the kind of history that they're staring down and that they have to, they have to kind of settle up with, right? Like, that's what they, hey, they've put themselves in position to accomplish that. And that's great. This is no longer theoretical. This is no longer, you know, oh, well, this could be. They're right there. The the, yeah. the series starts tomorrow. Yeah. Megan, I want to ask you, because you spent a lot of time around the Eagles this year. Part of, to me, what makes this Tampa Bay group so impressive, you just mentioned probably the last finals matchup that was this anticipated was 2015, and it was the Bolts <laughs> versus mm-hmm. the Blackhawks. Part of the reason why they've been so successful for so long, they're homegrown. Like their core seven, eight guys are drafted, developed internally. The abs aren't quite there, but like when you start looking at it, Rantanen, McKinnon, Landeskog, McCarr, Byram, like these are all guys. Francois comes from inside the organization. LOC. LOC, New Hook. may not have been drafted by the Avs. But, but he played for the Eagles. They traded for him 10 minutes after. Like, yeah, yeah. His entire pro career has been in Colorado. Like he's an Avs. He's an Avs right. product. Right. And and he, he played games for the Eagles. Is part of the reason why, like is this what you have to do in your opinion, like being around the Eagles and see the way that they function closely with the Avs, is that part of the reason why they're finding so much success in the depth? Is that it's the same thing whether you're playing for the Eagles or playing for the Avs? I think, too, these organizations work so closely alongside each other to make sure that they're on the same page and developing players that will fit the Avalanche system specifically. Yeah. That's something that we've talked about with Maltsev when I'm talking to Cronin. He talks about how he prepares players specifically to play within the Av system. And I think something that's really important, too, is having the Eagles in Loveland Mm -hmm. and being able to just drive down the road and have a Black Ace come to practice morning of as needed, like Jacob McDonald wasn't originally on the Black Aces, but he can come down in 45 minutes Mm -hmm. notice and practice and fill in for Josh Manson, who's having a maintenance day. Mm -hmm. And I think even those little things are going to make such a difference in what the Avs are able to do in developing and just having someone like Manson then take a maintenance day because they have the AHL team right up the road. Um, I think both of these things, the little details like that, and then the longer term, bigger picture, because we're looking at someone like Foodie hopefully coming through the ranks one day. And (laughs) 
Foodie and Sampo and maybe <laughs> top even defenseman John Luke Foodie. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a. There I don't know the origin of that joke, but I'm running with it now. <laughs> but it's happening. But it's real, and just looking at how early the Eagles are in the stages of being an AHL team and making a name for themselves, and the growth that they've had team wide. Um, I think that's something that's going to become incredibly important over the next couple of years. I I think it shows, too, that success is not just organizationally wide, but it's all the way down, right? Yeah. Grizzlies. Yeah, Eagles and Grizzlies didn't win their stuff, but they both made their conference finals. They're both successful teams in their leagues. It's not just the Evs. It's I, I don't know if you call it a trickle-down effect or whatever, but it, it's it's good organizational work top to bottom right well, now. And, and, and you give him a huge amount of credit. Again, I, I don't want to go like way too overboard Logan O'Connor here, but like that's a kid who was playing locally, went undrafted, and you plucked him out because he was playing down the road. Like That's just great organizational awareness. That's someone they identified as... This guy does the things that we want our players to do, and he acts the way we want our players to act. When you talk about, like, you, the general you, right? Uh, you look at where Colorado's success and failures at the draft have been. First round, good. Every other round, bad. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but you make up for that when you get a JT Comfer in a deal, yep. and, you, and you get a player out of him. You make up for that when you get a Logan O'Connor undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. You figure, you find holes there. You get an Alex Kerfoot, and you move him for a Nazem Kadri. You yep. turn, you turn assets into things. Like you right. make smart decisions. You use draft picks and say, "Hey, we're going to use draft picks, purely draft picks." And I guess Scott Kosmichuk to turn them into <laughs> Andre Burakovsky and Devon Taves. Like right. it's. It's just really smart yeah. decisions all the way down the down the organization where it's not perfect, of course. It's important to know your weaknesses and how to get around them. Abs- but but it's it's are you getting players from these areas? And would you love to like the the people that harp on well they haven't gotten a homegrown goaltender? Yeah, it's a problem. They had the fifth best goaltender this year in the NHL. Right. Regardless of that. They also went out and found Pavel Francos. Right. So. Like right. They right. have gone out and they've won been four able, games in the Western Conference yeah, Final. They've been <laughs> able to, to plug those holes with effective players, smart decision making. And I think it's just it's a testament to we're talking organizationally. Look, the the organization that we have compared them the most to so over was, a number of y- years. Y- you're here Everybody, everybody that's that that wants to grow up and be a Stanley Cup champion someday says, "I want to be the Tampa Bay Lightning." Right. I was going to say my favorite part of this conversation that we've been having since you started talking about the Eagles was if you just tuned into this, you wouldn't know which of these two teams we're talking about. <laughs> True. <laughs> and because you do go down Tampa Bay's roster, you look at Kucherov, Stamkos, yep. Kalorn, Point. Yeah. Uh, Voshilevsky. Voshilevsky, Hedman. You go all the way down to the, the Cal Foots, more fringe players, but still. Yeah. Right. I right. mean, then you look at their defense and you're like, okay, well, they built that externally. You know, mm-hmm. Chernak and uh, McDonough, McDonough. Uh, and Sergachev are all guys that they did not draft. But they did a great job figuring it out. But, I mean, so many. So many homegrown guys on that team. Yep. Right. Well, like you said, they found a way to plug the holes that they needed to plug yeah. effectively. And the other thing that they've done Ross is Colton. They they pull a Ross Colton out of their ass every other year. Right. Well, and it's it's tremendous organizational development. It's it's honestly kind of what reminds me of and, and I'm not 
But, you know, like you look at just some of the waiver wire stuff the Avs have done over the last few years. Abe Kubel, uh, you know, it was uh, Matt Calvert. No, he was a free agent. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Either way, they've pulled in some of these fringe guys. Yeah, I mean, Matt Nieto, yeah. Nicholas Matt Abe, Nieto, Kubel, yes, and Patrick yeah. Nemeth were all guys. Mark yep. Barberio. Nieto was the other guys. one I couldn't. Yep. Think all guys waivers. that they pulled off waivers and became regulars. <laughs> right, right. Like, Regul- effect, like effective like regulars. Regulars <laughs> yeah. for them. Yeah. And, I mean, Patrick Nemeth is, has now come to Colorado, left. They, they get him on waivers, yeah. leaves, gets comes a multi-year back. deal, comes back. Leaves again and gets another multi-year deal. Yeah, like there was clearly a value there for some of these guys. Like they, they did a great job. They did a great job with the scouting. I, well, it's it's not only the scouting, but then it's again kind of like what Megan was talking about with with Cronin, where it's like I'm trying to get players ready to play in that system. They they've identified guys who who fit within what they like to do. And that's what both these teams have done so well. Yeah. And that's why I think this is such an exciting matchup. When you get the, the previous years, they trade Blake Coleman and Barkley Goudreau. They, they fill those holes. The This year, it's Brandon Hagel. So what does Colorado do? Ah, it's Arturi Lekkanen. Right. Not Claude Giroux, but Arturi Lekkanen. Mm-hmm. And you look at how Lekkanen has fit in and been just the perfect chess piece yep. for them, especially in wake of injury. Yep. It's it's gone exceptionally well. It's great. It did both teams do such a great job identifying this is who we are. This is what we need. This is the guy that's going to be able to fit into our personality, our identity, our DNA. It all it all matches. We're going to go get this I, guy. The rehabilitation of Nachushkin and what he's oh. become for the Avalanche <laughs> just within a single season. That was Super duper lucky. Uh, Super duper. Lucky. I, I do want to bring this back into the actual series as, as we've kind of <laughs> gone into the depths of these teams. A couple of different storylines going in and specifically in these playoffs. Obviously, Tampa with 11 straight series wins, but they yeah. did lose their uh, never lost two in a row against the Rangers in the conference finals. Yeah. And on the Av side, still undefeated on the road in these playoffs. Uh, is that a big deal, or, or are we throwing everything out? It's the cup finals. Nothing before matters. Uh, I really, like, your path to get there is more about the war of attrition and how, like, you look at the war of attrition versus the Rangers, and I think at the end of that series, the Rangers were tired. For sure. And that's because they play, They look at how many games they had to yeah. play. Yeah, That was game, what, 20 for them? Yeah. <laughs> and I, think it, was, the I think it was 20 finals. games in 40 days yeah. of the postseason. Yeah. Uh, you look at the Avs are twelve and two. They the Lightning are twelve and five. Yep. So it's not like there's a lot of wear and tear. It's just the two big injuries for each team. It's Braden Point. It's Nazem Kadri. Uh, the lineup construction and all that. But I, I we haven't even really gotten into the nuts and bolts of all this yet. Which we but, will. <laughs> yeah. I just it's 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 kind of incredible the way that they match up one on one going yep. down the lineup. Yep. It it's it's gonna be fun. Uh, we are brought to you by Sexy Pizza. You can go get yourself some right now at sexy.pizza, www.sexy.pizza. Uh, they have a bunch of amazing options, including their philanthropies, which uh, some of the proceeds go towards local businesses and, and programs that really help people out. So Clever name. Yeah, it is a good name. I do like the philanthropy name. Uh, you can check them out. Uh, I, I'm not sure if we'll have a deal or not for the cup finals. We might. I, I, that's a Parker question. Yeah, he's, he said he was working on something, but I don't know the official uh, outcome yet. So 
Either way, check out Sexy Pizza. They're amazing. Highly recommend you go get their pizzas, whether it's their crazy jalapeno cream cheese nonsense or just the straight-up pepperoni pizza. Either way, absolutely delicious. So, yeah, get that. And then head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up over there. There's still time. You can still bet $5 with a new account on the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets, which you can then bet on the Cup Finals or anything else you can imagine under the sun for that better, matter. Better so, hurry. So better. <laughs> better. Yeah, that uh, NBA Finals isn't going to be going on for much longer. What so. was that series at? 3-1? 3-2? 3-2. I thought it was fun. It was a fun game. Uh, that that Finals is absolutely yeah, cool. team meteor, though. Oh, I, I like Golden State. I know like you I, do. It's, it sucks that they beat the Nuggets and all, but I like Golden State. They're fun. <laughs> Steph Curry's just like, why are you so likable? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, go over to DraftKings, use the DNVR code, get the $150 in free bets. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we've kind of beat around the bush. Let's get into some of the roster construction of both of these teams. Let's bring up the Avs' top scorers to start, and, and we'll work our way down. Obviously, Kale McCarr uh, is wow. – I, I, I said this on TDSP the other day. I think there's an argument that this playoffs, Kale McCarr is ascending to the best player in the world. It was <laughs> written in one of my post games. <laughs> so we're in agreement then. <laughs> I mean, look. He, he absolutely locked up the best player in the world. How does that not make him? They traded punches. And I think that's... Two of the games. I think, sure. I think that that's, a, that's the testament, is that through the series, you look and you're like, they traded punches. I, I would say for two games, they traded punches. And for two games, Kale McCarr... Yeah, well, the defensive... Like, like Connor McDavid scores 30 seconds into game three. Mm-hmm. And then is irrelevant. And then for the there rest were the fifty nine yeah. minutes and thirty seconds <laughs> after that right, right, right. that took place. Where you're like, right? Where'd you go, big fellow? Yeah. Where'd yeah. you go? He was good in games one and four. He was. The, and this is the thing with Connor McDavid. You don't like keep him down. Right. You just limit you it. You yeah. survive him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you survive him. You survive dry settle. What Edmonton didn't survive was Kale McCarr. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, that's – I was talking about it this morning. I don't remember with who. Um, last round, it was a lot about McKinnon versus McDavid. For me, it's McCarr versus Hedman in this series. And not even necessarily, like, their head-to-head, like, in particular. Sure. But more of just, like, in, in my opinion, these are one and two. And then there's quite a bit of space, and then it's Adam Fox, Miro Haskin in that tier, and then it's everybody else. So uh, I was going to plug this at the end of our show today, but I went on the PDO cast with Dmitry yeah. Filipovich, and he asked me final thought on the series, and that was it. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was it. It was, I'm excited to see Makar versus Hedman as he tries to completely take over Mm -hmm. because there are still going to be the people out there. Well, Hedman's been the con Smythe winner. He's the champ. He's the two way guy. He's still the man that a lot of the old school people will look to. And, and like, it's fine, right? Like you can make this argument. I made this argument in November. So, uh, watching, watching those two, you know, and watch this, like one tries to kind of take the proverbial, like Mm -hmm. I'm now that guy. Right. From the other one, 
it's kind of, it's one of the things I'm excited do you for. Think, do you think someone at the NHL head office is staring at the Norris Trophy votes right now and sees Roman Yossi's name at the top and is like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> this, is, this is why they're releasing the results in the middle of the second period of game three so that it gets buried and they're like, yeah. mm-mm, mm-mm. we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to, we don't, we don't want to talk about this at all. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's going to be Yossi? I think it is. I think I think this is going to be another uh, Calder. I I don't I don't situation. know who wins it. I don't think it ends up being that. Well, no, no, no. I think there are a lot of people that really did vote. Oh for no, oh, oh no, that that but, I agree with. But but what I mean, I don't think it's going to be that wide of a, a gap because everyone thought it was going to be this like razor thin margin between McCarr and Hughes for the Calder, and it was not. But I do think it's going to be one of those things where I think there's a lot of people who thought we were going to vote Yossi, and then. Once they like got the ballot, the ballot mm-hmm. in front of them, they're like, "Yeah, can't do it." Yeah, <laughs> it's still Macar. That's obviously a conversation for another time. But yeah. you yeah, are probably right for next week when they reveal <laughs> well, well, dude, that. Well, there, there's a lot of voters sitting there, like knowing that the lists are going to come out. Just, I think they've been like that for a month and a <laughs> yeah, half because saying, yeah. they watched Macar versus Yossi in round one and went, "Oh God, yeah, <laughs> oops." Oopsie yeah. poopsie. The, the arrested development. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. All this just to say Kale McCarr is super dope still. Getting into the rest of the Avs top scores, Megan, obviously you've seen what you've wanted to see out of Nathan McKinnon. Gabe Landeskog has shown up huge on a who knows how healthy his knee really is, how recovered he is there. Best and, case, right? Yeah. It's been as good as you can imagine. And then. We're missing a parenthesis. You've been. You've been banging the drum for the Avs can get more out of Miko Rantanen in this series. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even still, I was looking actually like eh. side by side, Tampa Bay, top six, bottom six, Avs top six, bottom six. The Avs top six forward group actually is doing kind of what I expected them to. Even the fourth line, it's the third line specifically for the Avs that actually give me more pause. I still want to see more from Miko Rantanen, but actually looking at Miko and even Valnichushkin through the last 10 games, they've produced especially like secondary assists more than I expected them to. Sure. Um, so I take a little bit of that back, but I'd still, especially for the purposes of this series, like to see more from Miko because I think it's going to be everybody needs to infuse more offense into their game. Yeah. Full stop. He, he's got to be the answer for Braden Point, right? Stamkos, McKinnon, it has to be Ranton and Point. Ranton Kuch- and Kucherov. Kucherov, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. That's a tough um, <laughs> it's a big ask. It's but, <laughs> but it's time. It's a big ask, but he makes the money where well, you're asking big of him all the time. Well, like, it's look, the final. Right. You need, you need, I, how many, you need Moose Ranton in. To show up. Well, you need the moves. That, how many times have you compared the way Miko Rantanen has played this year to the way Nikita Kucherov plays? Yeah. Now it's time for Miko to separate from that dude, right? Yeah. Well, not even separate, but you have to match it. Yeah. You it's, can't it's, You can't be clearly Nikita Kucherov, Miko right. Rantanen. It's kind of like what they, we were just talking about with McDavid. Ku- Tampa has enough elite players that like they are going to get theirs. Like, they're going to make plays. They're going to make very nice plays. Um, you know, they're going to make highlight reel, show stopping, whatever. You got to limit that though. Or for everyone you give up, you've got to match it. And that's where, again, Stamkos McKinnon, Kucherov Ranton, and you, however you want to pair it off, mm-hmm. Landis Gog Point, Hedman McCarr, you know, Devon Taves, I think could be a bit of a, uh, an X factor here. I don't want to jump in. No, 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 no. go ahead. I don't want to, but you know, but like that, that's someone who 
I don't know. Maybe it's McDonough. Maybe, you know, maybe that's Taves's kind of direct correlation. The depth, I still think the Avs have better depth, but, like, you've got great depth on the Tampa Bay side as well, guys who have been there. Pierre-Edward Belmar is, was, you know, doing his availability today. The other crazy storyline of this is one of two things is going to happen. The Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win three Stanley Cups in a row, or Corey Perry is going to lose three <laughs> Stanley Cup finals in a row. Or, I mean, if Tampa Bay wins it, Pat Maroon wins his fourth straight. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so it's just like... Um, really, really hoping to disappoint his mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, Sorry, there's mom, like a Maroon. lot of those weird things, too, that I saw the other day. Uh, this is the third time in the last four years the team that beat Toronto has gone to the cup finals. I saw that one, the too. The other two lost. Yep. Yeah. So that would be the third straight of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado, of course, has never lost the cup finals as a team that, that's gone to two. Yep. Tampa Bay's only lost the one, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Just the one to Chicago. Yep. 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 So yeah, there, there's how crazy is it that those were the, those were the triplets? Yep. It was before we knew what Kucherov was going to be. It was Kucherov, it was Tyler Johnson, and it was Andre Palat. Uh, mm-hmm. And now Andre Palat's this is his last go round with yep. the Lightning. He's a free agent. Can't really afford to bring. Tyjo's him back. been long gone. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler Johnson's about to get bought out by Chicago. Like, yeah. and and Kucherov has ascended to Hall of Fame caliber career. Yep. Uh, while those other guys are in your like those those guys were really really good, and Andre Palat's had a nice. Oh, he's been huge for them. Yeah, he's we, really we haven't nice really gotten career. into it yet, but we will. Like Andre Palat has reminded everybody he's really really good, yeah. and and we can work it from the top down from the Tampa side too, just to just to show you guys where it comes from. And you know it was funny the through the first round everyone was kind of going you know Kucherov hasn't been that good. I heard he had the he flu. He wasn't. I heard he had the flu. Well, he, whatever it was, he got over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so while we're here, I'll just talk. I mentioned this on the PDO cast. I haven't talked about this publicly. Um, so this is the, the word on the street with what's going on with Miko. Sure. Is that at the end of the year when he got sick, that flu that he got, he stuck with him, was rumored to have lost as much as 20 pounds. Wow. Whoa. Just because he was so sick and he couldn't keep fluids down. I don't know how accurate that is, which is why we haven't reported it, but. That's kind of the scuttlebutt is that he certainly lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And that's why. And when you're playing every other day, There's you don't no have time to, to get into on, the gym yeah. and to build that back up and to get back into that. Uh, and that's a big reason why I think early playoff Miko was struggling the way that he was because he was playing way below the weight that he's accustomed yep. to playing. And it, it had it's had a great impact on him. And we saw a much better version of him in the last round. And I think... He's either adjusting to playing at this weight or he's starting to get some of it back. So it's funny you say that because I remember us all talking about that because he missed a lot of games and was, a lot was, of skate. It was not, oh, he's sick. So right. you know, normally these guys get sick and they're out they for miss three a days. game or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's three days. Like, yeah, three days. <laughs> maybe a game day and a couple right. of practices. And yeah. instead, like, I remember I'm in Winnipeg and I'm talking to them and I'm like, going on with Miko and they're like he went home dude he's really sick really sick like he can't keep anything down the fluids just in and out of him well then he he talked once he finally came back and he still sounded a little sick and someone asked him like when did you start how how long have you been up and around you start feeling he goes I felt good to go get up and like walk around yesterday and like that like it was that it was his first day back on the ice and he went real real light and I was honestly even impressed that he that he spoke 
But yeah, he was like, yesterday was the first day I felt like I could get up and move around, and today was the first day where I felt like I could go out and get on my skate. Like, he even made it sound, and I think Bednar mentioned something too. You may have even been at the one where Bednar talked about it, where he was just like, yeah, that dude was pretty sick. I didn't realize, yeah. I didn't know it was to that extent, yeah. but. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that adds up. Yeah. You when you see a player of that caliber, <laughs> yeah, dude, we knew something was up. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just like, well, and it was that was the same Kucherov thing when when someone yeah. uh, it was one of the national guys last round who had I think covered the first the Toronto Tampa series. He told he's like, no, that dude was sick as a dog and played all those games, and I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's why it looked like he was just standing upright yeah. for a lot of plays. Well, and like he's throwing pucks into nowhere. He was just standing along the wall, not doing a lot. And you're like, well, all right, this makes sense. It, yeah. All of this just reinforces Michael Jordan's flu game was really that awesome. <laughs> flu game, food poisoning, whatever the truth is, it was awesome. I always think about Landy's rookie year against the Ducks, the OT winner where he, he had just the flu. falls on his yeah. face after oh, he scores it. Where yeah. Landis Gogging became a thing yes. for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a I, can you can you pull the screenshot of the picture on their faces <laughs> when I brought that up? The disgust <laughs> and just the jubilation. Like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. He's just like, oh my fucking God, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. I'm glad Landis Cockney did not stick. So let's let, let's circle it back into the lineup. <laughs> Bring it back to the lineups here, and, and you guys kind of already started digging into it and, and mentioning how one to one these teams do match up. Uh, yeah. We're going to skip over the point and cadre matchup for a second. We'll get to it later. Yeah. Uh, but but even going down into their depth, you're talking about and and they, the way they get their jobs done is a little different. But Nick Paul playing on Tampa's second line against an Arturi Lekkinen. You have going down into a Ross Colton against like a JT Comfer. I I know when point comes back, it'll be it'll be back to third line. But the you know someone from the Av second line is going to have to drop to the third if Kadri comes back. So it it really does all the way down on the forward side. You can look at these teams and go, "Yep, this all this is math." It was really interesting, John Cooper, uh, going with putting Stamkos back in the middle. Because for the last couple of years, he's been on the wing with Point. Yep. Uh, and then they had Yanni Gord, and then they had Anthony Sorelli. Sure. Obviously, they lose Gord uh, to Seattle. Yep. And so this year, it's been a little bit different. But with no Point, Stamkos moves to the middle. And then it's been, it's been Alex Kalorn. getting in that spot, yeah. It's been Alex Kalorn and Anthony Sorelli on their second line. Yep. And they've been a dedicated, nobody scores. <laughs> Nobody does anything because at 5v5, Anthony Sorelli, six goals. That's it. And he's been outscored four to two. Yeah. But six goals. Nothing is happening. In, in, yeah, he is just, they have geared it all the way down with Anthony Sorelli and Alex Korn on the ice. Nobody is scoring a 5v5 when those guys are out there. And I think Braden Point, I think today skated on the second line. Uh, so so I was skating with the third line today. Was it was it the third Perry. line? Mm-hmm. Okay, so but where he Cooper ends up, said that he, we'll see. But let me. I'm just. I'm going to interrupt you really fast. Just yeah. to add. So he skated with the third line. So someone asked him. <clears throat> excuse me. If he's back in tomorrow, should we expect him to be kind of limited? You know, playing sheltered minutes. And John Cooper said, if he's in the lineup, he'll be on the ice. He won't be taking shifts off. So. Skated with the third line today, but I'd be willing to bet that if he's yeah, in, like, 
we'll see what they actually do in a game. I'm not taking... Uh, if you pay any attention to this stuff at all, you'll know that where these guys skate during a practice the day before isn't it's super mostly irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just because Perry took a maintenance day. So we'll, well see. There, yeah, good. Yeah, like we'll Great we'll call. see we'll see where these guys actually end up. But the usage of Sorelli is what I'm most curious about because we've seen Nathan Nathan McKinnon handled Ryan O'Reilly just fine. Yep. Who's like. He's your selkie guy. He's this and he's that. The big difference between Ryan O'Reilly and Anthony Sorelli here is that Anthony Sorelli can skate with Nathan McKinnon. And if John Cooper wants... Jared Bednar likes to go best on best. I have full confidence that in Denver, he's going to try and go McKinnon versus Stamkos. Mm -hmm. You know, McKinnon, Landeskog, Nachushkin he's against... Always, Bednar's always gone that way. Right? Yeah, yeah, against Kucherov, Stamkos, Palat. That's going to be the... That's going to be how they want to go. Uh... But it's what what do you do when what does John Cooper want on the road? Yeah. And I'm gonna be curious to see how Sorelli's usage, because I think he like Braden Point's health, Nazem Kadri's health, these are all really important. But Sorelli's ability to to completely gear it down and just turn the ice into this giant black hole, this the event black hole. Where nothing happens, nothing gets scored. It's all good. I see your comments. It's going to be really. It's going to be a really interesting chess piece because Colorado does not have that answer on the other side with an Anthony Sorelli. They don't have a traditional shutdown third guy like JT Comfer is not that guy. He's never proven to be that guy. The Avs try and use him that way. Uh, it does not. It, it's never really gone that well. JT Comfer's like a fine NHL player. But uh, that center depth, certainly uh, Sorelli either at 2C or 3C, that's a really important piece. We see your comments. If you put enough comments in to fill up half the chat, it's a good way to get yourself ignored. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh. Like oh. Okay. seven comments in a row is usually my eyes just kind of. Yeah. And I'm. Yeah. Of course, that relies on other people to say other things, too. It's not entirely <laughs> yeah. that guy's fault. <laughs> I, I, those comments came in pretty. Rapid fire. Uh, I was, yeah, I didn't notice I was watching. I was looking at you guys, and I know, I see you guys watching that, and I'm just like, okay. It, uh, no, it, it, I'll it talk is. talk to Megan. It is, <laughs> is going to be interesting because, again, you, you know, you're talking about Sorelli, and I just don't feel like this Avs team, from what we've seen in these first three rounds, every team has had the, oh, well, this is the line they're going to stick on. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon, and I just think the Avs' defense is part of what makes that so difficult yep. to just say yep. we're going to lock down this this line. We're going to shut down Nathan McKinnon. Good luck when they have a second line that's called their whole defense. Right, <laughs> right, and and it's just um, I don't know when the video is coming out. Is that the highlight video you were talking about? My video? No, no, tonight? no, no. Oh, no. okay. So we have even another video coming out either <laughs> yeah. tonight or tomorrow, where I'm just kind of talking about some of the small little things the Avs have done throughout the playoffs. And literally the first thing is Josh Manson and Devon Taves on separate plays. And actually Eric Johnson does it as well to set up the Darren Helm goal. Just the way they come through the middle of the ice, it's not always Kale McCarr and, you know, when Sam Gerrard is in the lineup, you're mm -hmm. kind of traditional guys. The defense just pushes the pace so much. They kind of take the place of forwards on certain rushes and it, suddenly you realize Nathan McKinnon has 20 feet of space kind of behind the play to walk in and make mm – -hmm. there's. They play in such a way, and their defense is so dynamic, 
that it just makes it hard to get those traditional lock lockdown matchups. And I think Edmonton ran into trouble with that. I think St. Louis ran into trouble with that. And Nashville yeah. very clearly ran into trouble I, with that. I mean, Nashville just didn't. I, I, right. It's I'm, not I've just the defensemen. It's the, it's the style that they play in. I think you're right. But I did want to ask a couple things here. One, do we all agree number one defenseman is Makar and this series number two is Hedman? We to, agree. To, to, well, yes, honest, we Honestly, we to me, and, and even going into this series, it's still, it's still Tampa. It's still Hedman until it's not. And the f- amazing part is the Avs have an opportunity to make it not. I, I honestly, it can be Hedman first sure. if you want. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're one and two. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I totally. No, no you're good. You're good. I, that's what we, what's what we keep you here for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally misunderstood what you said. Sorry. Number three. Are you about in this series? In this series. Is it Taves? Oh, yeah. Is it? I, I think people on the other side would probably make an argument that it could be McDonough. It should be. You think McDonough over Taves? No. Yeah. But I mean, McDonough, like, is their next, is the next right. Tampa yeah, guy yeah. in line. No, but, no. So, McDonough over Taves? No, because Taves has the offensive side that McDonough doesn't. So, so that's, that's all, yeah. Hedman, McCarr, whatever, one and two. Then to me, it's Taves. Then it's McDonough. So how. How evenly matched are these teams on defense when you have a Taze against McDonough and then you go into a, a Byram against a Chernak or, or a, a Manson against a, a Sergachev? That's where your, well, your separation so is. So your top four, each team has a clear-cut top four. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to be like Taves and Makar, I think, is the best pair. It's certainly the best individual pairing, but that's because John Cooper rotates his pairings a lot. If you go and you look at the usage... Uh, Victor Hedman's third in 5v5 in ice time. TOI, yeah. Uh, at 5v5 ice time, he's third on Tampa Bay. Behind Sergachev, behind McDonough. Yep. yep. Didn't expect that when I was going through some of this, so it's a little interesting, but uh, it's just the way that they, they can move those guys around, and like, Chernak plays with everybody. Like, oh, he'll play with the, you know, he when they're when they're in a more defensive situation and they want to lock it down, it's McDonough, it's McDonough and Jernak. Uh, but they they will rotate those guys and play them all together. Sergachev's odd because his most common D partner is Cal Foot. So he gets dropped down and switched around a little yeah, bit. He yeah, gets, he gets so he plays a ton at five v five, but his most common partner is Cal Foot, who has way less ice time yep. than that top four. And then in Colorado's side, you have Byram and Johnson who have established themselves as a legit. They've been unbelievably good in this in this postseason. Together, yeah. Uh, specifically together. But in that last series, you saw more and more opportunity for let's move Devontae's away. We'll sneak Byram and McCarr out there they, in they offensive did it more than a few times. Yeah. And then we will they they put they put Taves out there for Hey, we're gonna. How are we gonna survive nine minutes of Jack Johnson? This is how <laughs> we're gonna put him with Devontae's. We're gonna put him with Kale McCarr. We're going to, uh, we're gonna sneak him out there with a couple of guys, but we're not gonna roll him out there next to Josh Manson. Just exclusively, yeah. Because if you look at what happened with Johnson and er, Jack Johnson and Josh Manson together uh, when they were out there as a third pairing, it went very, it went very poorly. Yeah. Josh Manson away from Jack Johnson with anybody else, solid. With Sam Gerrard, great. <laughs> but that's not the option anymore, yep. so you're trying to make do. Yep. 
it's going to be the top fours, I think, are going to... When you look at those top fours, theirs is much bigger. It's much more physical. It's much meaner. It's much tougher to play against in the traditional sense. Colorado's is way more dynamic, way more offensively inclined. Even a guy like Josh Manson. Josh Manson has six points in this mm -hmm. postseason. Right. Like, that guy got to Colorado, saw how the Avs play, and was like, I've waited my whole life for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like seven years in the NHL with the Ducks, where they just had him saddled next to... Stand at the Hampus blue line. home or Cam Fowler and just very classic defensive defenseman stuff. The Avs are like, this is how we want to play. Go do it. And Josh Manson's like, yes, yeah. finally, right. <laughs> I get to skate. I get to live. I get to be free. He gets to be the peacock. And he's been totally different, a totally different guy than he was in Anaheim because he's he gets to do some of that. Sometimes it doesn't go great. Yeah. Like, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't go great because he makes questionable decisions. He's also had like weirdly bad luck. Like, do you see the like that breakout where he's flying up the center of the ice and a broken stick? Yeah, I know exactly. Is what, what is what about. breaks it up, and you're like, dude, like <laughs> well, only to Josh Manson. And was it game one of the Western Conference Final where he had he was like a minus four on a night where they yeah. scored eight goals? Um, that one was like he had a bad game. Like he had, oh, he, he made some. No doubt. Definitely. But he yeah. also, when you go back and watch him that, there is a few things like what you're talking about there yeah. where it's like, this guy was having a bad night and then a few things just completely out of his control yeah. just compounded that. And you even saw the look on his face. I think it was the one that went off his stick right into the slot where he just like, he looked yeah. up and be like, Done, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. There, There is now. Whether I turn it around, my if I even if I start playing well, this is just not my night. So like he's had yeah. some of that. Well, and well. like that, he was it, bad that night. It's but especially it bad. The, the one that kills me was the Zach Hyman goal on the back door, where he like ties up the stick, and Zach Hyman it doesn't even redirects like, in anyway. And, and it's yeah. like super slow motion <laughs> happening because he got just enough of the stick to keep him from like like a full swing at yeah. it, but not enough to prevent the contact. And Kemper just does not get across quickly, <laughs> and you're just like, this is just. This is the worst luck for him. I, I do want to go things. to Megan here. Who has the advantage on the defensive side in this series? AJ, set it up. One side more offensively inclined, one side bigger, more physical. Who do you lean on? I still look to the Avalanche having the edge in this series. Um, just because of the pace that they play overall, I think this is going to be an offensively driven series that's going to rely on goals being scored especially with Tampa having such excellent goaltending they're going to be looking to that coming from every area including the decor and that is an area too that the Avs really separate themselves um, from Tampa's defense is offensively it's because the Avs decor also executes defensively they're yeah, not this absolutely. isn't necessarily yeah, an yeah. area that they fall short in so by comparison they're just running away with offense within their decor, especially from the top pairing down. Like even the second, third pairing can find a little bit of offense at points because of how they run their defense. So, so you, you said something there, you said that they, the pace that they play with, that is going to be something so interesting to watch in yeah. this series. Yep. Tampa Bay, they've gotten here three years in a row because they like to slow it down, yeah. make you earn it, you know, sludge you through the neutral zone, play really heavy on the wall. 
the abs are fine doing that. Like the abs are fine slowing their game down a little bit, but the abs version of slow is still way faster than anything that Tampa has had to do or deal with. That's going to be the word. When you said pace, that yeah. is the word that I think will be the, the defining factor and, of this series. And for the last couple if of years, is the right word though. for the last couple of years, people have looked at Tampa and said, you know what? They can kind of play any style. Yeah, they'll, yeah, yeah. they'll beat you at whatever you play. And Colorado has very much become that team this 100%. year where they yeah. say, throw us in a hockey game. We'll do whatever. Well, and, yeah. and, and both of these teams almost even kind of like they, they like, you know, Jerry Bender talks about, we like to get to our game, but like they're almost even fine letting you like that, that Edmonton series, every single one of those games is like, cool. You guys set the pace and we'll beat you at it. You know, Edmonton went into game two. Really uncomfortable, frenetic pace. I'm actually looking forward to one. I'm a little more comfortable. It's a little <laughs> slower. But, like, you know, game two of Edmonton, you know, they shook up the lines. They, you know, they changed the way their forwards played. It wasn't as much north-south, and the Avs just swallowed them up. Mm-hmm. Now, that's partially because Edmonton isn't equipped to play anything yeah. other than north-south As soon hockey. as Edmonton tried to say, okay, we're also going to make defensive adjustments, and we're going to try right. and gear this down. The abs were like, we're way better at this than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Edmonton was right. like, just kidding. We're going to open this back up, but we're going to try and skate. Right. This is our. We have to score six goals a game to win in the postseason. Right. And and you know, St. Louis tried to gear it down, mm-hmm. play real heavy. They, did it once? They did it. They were all right, and you know, they did okay. Um, but even then, when they tried to do that, as the series went on a little bit longer, the abs just they play with too much pace. And they play with too much pace and too much speed on all four lines. And that's where I think it becomes a problem. I think that's why Toronto gave Tampa such an intense first round, too, is Toronto plays a very fast-paced game. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's going to be something that the Avs have an advantage in. Because the Avs do have, to your point from a minute ago, they have that defensive side that Toronto's not bad defensively. Yeah, it's a good group, but there's just... There's no defensive pairing that yep. Tampa Bay has. They have not handled a Taves and Makar. Nobody ha- like like honestly. Mm-hmm. I think if you're picking an Olymp- a Canadian Olympic team now at the end of the season, is there any realm f- even fathomable that it's not Taves and Makar as your one-two on Team Canada? I mean, I think that's. Our opinion. It's a beautiful offseason show. I would be really. <laughs> it's a beautiful. I would be fascinated show. to know how Hockey Canada feels about it right. because I could see them being like, "We'll do new news," <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, what about it?" <laughs> but but you know, I mean, I guess the fact that that's even a conversation. Yeah. Like to your point, like nobody is the NHL hasn't seen a pairing like this in a long time that has two players. I don't necessarily maybe want to say equally as dynamic, but that have. Those Tom elements. Third in postseason oh, scoring. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> in de- from defensemen. So like, we don't talk about it as much. Like the 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 offense that he produces, but he also had like fifty some odd points this year. Like fifty seven points. Like, I mean, it's a pairing with two guys that are going to finish top ten in the Norris. Yeah, maybe two guys top five. And Devon Taves would get more votes if he wasn't playing next yeah. to yep. Kyle McCarr. Yep. Yeah, uh, but it's. It's it's the combination of the two because in Toronto they have that high end they have the high octane offense but they didn't quite have the defensive chops to match right. and in Colorado you have Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen you have the same caliber of high octane 
high-end offensive and skill. Then you replace Morgan Riley with Kale McCall. Right. You replace you replace uh, Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody with with Taves and McCarr. Yeah. Whatever whatever you want to say there that that and and then you get through all of that and then you get to that last line because I think forwards they can match up pretty well. It's yes. going to be yep. mostly style. Defense, I think, matches up pretty well. They just do it differently. Yep. I don't know which one is better. I, the Avs defense is no doubt more dynamic, but Tampa, it's not like Tampa Bay can't produce offense. Right. Like, how did they just win game six? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not a team that struggles to score. And the one thing that we haven't really mentioned. Yeah. Which we will get to immediately okay. after right. yep. Avaca yep. TV. Yep. Uh, EVOCA dot TV. Go over there. Use code DNVR. You get television for just fifteen bucks a month for the first three months, and only twenty five bucks a month after that, including Altitude, of course. You also have AT and T Sports Network, but more importantly, for the immediate, you get the national channels. Cup finals are on ABC, so you can watch that on Avaca TV. Go jump on it right now if you're in the Denver uh, greater area. Uh, it, it hooks you up. It sets you up with altitude for next season. It gives you the Rockies. It gives you the DNVR channel. It gives you the DNVR channel. You could be watching us live right now on your television through mm-hmm. Vodka TV if you wanted. So, All of our other shows are, are watch-alongs for the Stanley Cup final if you don't want to listen to the national broadcast. Yep, we got you covered. Uh, so jump on that. We are also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. We hope you'll join us down at the bar for some watch parties of the finals too, where we have eight different kinds on tap. You can, of course, get it at your local liquor store. There's also still time, at least for game two, you can still nominate someone for the Breckenridge Brewery community stars to win some tickets to the cup finals game. We were talking about the the cost of tickets earlier. Not cheap. Free is pretty good. Free is a pretty good price for mm-hmm. tickets. So if you think someone deserves it. The number of things that I have said yes to in my life because they were free. <laughs> Most things. Yeah. yeah. Like some of the stuff where I look back and I'm like, definitely would not have done that if I had to pay money for it. <laughs> Stanley Cup final game is not on that list. Yeah, I would pay would money definitely to go to pay one money for that one. <laughs> um, to get it for free is just like even better. Yep. So go to breckbrew.com, check out all their stuff. They have amazing I have something completely too. unrelated from cup final stuff. It's hockey related, but oh, keep going. Now we're done. Oh, that's it? Yeah. What's the Bruce Cassidy-Jack Eichel connection? Oh, I don't know. I would have to like dig through their history. Because there's a bunch of people like, oh, Jack Eichel and Bruce Cassidy, finally, now with Vegas. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just saw like four different people say something well, about yeah, I don't know. Eichel and Bruce Cassidy. So I, didn't I, know. Need, I don't know. Can the coaching carousel like wait two weeks, please? Don't sign everyone in the middle of these finals. Did you, did you see uh, one of my favorites? Z sent this to me that uh, there's a uh, a local brewery in Winnipeg. Yeah, that free beer for life for Free Trots. beer for life for Barry Trotz if he takes the Jets yeah. job. Oh, that's funny. I mean, I guess if he likes that beer, like you got to at least yeah, say yeah, it. At least take it into consideration. Yeah. All right, I'll do it for a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah one year. Get my, get my, get my free beer for life, and then go and do something else. All right. Third period of the the preview of the Cup Finals here from DNVR. Uh, let's talk about the goaltending. Uh, we got to go there. Obviously, the edge has to be to Tampa Bay. Sure. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky is Andre Vasilevsky. He's in the midst of a Hall of Fame career. He's in the midst of uh, building the kind of resume that ends up with us talking about him as a top five goaltender in NHL history. Yeah, that's just where he's headed right now. He's in the he's right in the heart of that damn thing. 
This isn't John Gibson hoping and praying that he'll be good after years of being shitty. This is the real this is the real thing. Every year, year in, year out. Now, he's playing behind a great defensive team in front of him. Sure that helps. But how many times? I mean, you saw game four against uh Florida. Yep. They get outshot two to one. And he just holds and he's down. just like yep. Well dude, it's all it's good. it's the potential elimination game record for me. Where yeah. where, where the, Tampa has had a chance. Don't to let him get that far. Yeah. Right. Get the three, it's over. To eliminate an opponent <laughs> in his last eight games. He's eight and zero, and he's given up two goals on like two hundred and forty shots or like, something it's insane. Dude. Yeah, it's Ooh. crazy. He's a monster. He's a monster. Uh, the, it's it's funny. People feel like, oh, we just shoot high blocker on him, dude. Someone <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, you know what? Every NHL goaltender is vulnerable to. Great shots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and especially if they're coming cross crease. Yep. Like, and he's got to move laterally, and he's got to try and get over there. And a guy like Zibanejad is the one that's well, firing one-timers. Just rip one-timers. it bar down. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, mm, he- this is tough. Like, Vasilevsky is the final boss. I said this on the PDO cast, but it's like, you, you get to the final boss. You kill the final boss, and then his HP bar fills up six times. <laughs> he goes into a different form, and you got to do it all yeah. over again. Welcome to phase two. That's yeah. Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. You get through Tampa Bay. You break through. You create scoring chances, high danger chances, and there's no guarantee it gets you a damn thing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> because Vasi is back there just waiting to ruin your life. And, dude, there's just a calmness to the way he plays. There's, he's never out of control. He's the most athlete. He's the best combination of size and athleticism the NHL has ever seen. I will die by that. Well, dude, I, I, I brought it up on a podcast a couple months ago. Uh, uh, Hannah was watching. It was, just, it was a regular season Tampa Bay. I, you offered me $10 million. I couldn't tell you which one. <laughs> but we were watching, and, and she pointed out, she goes, Whoa, that goalie's huge! And I was like, "Yeah, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, whatever." Whoa, how does he, how does a guy like that move that that well? Because I told her how tall he was, and she's like, "How does a guy move like that?" And I was like, "Hannah, <laughs> that is something everyone in the hockey world has been trying to figure out for like seven years now." <laughs> to is it. how does this freak <laughs> move like this? Like. Like, like honestly, I don't mean freak in a bad way. Like, yeah. how do you? Where do you get that combination of size? Yeah, and mobility. We talk about Kale McCarr not being of Earth. Right, right, right. Bossy is the goalie version of that. Yeah, just yeah. Like, what the hell, dude? Defenseman come what from Venus. Goalies guy? come from Mars. Yeah. Is that where we're yeah. at with this one? And, he, and he's, I don't know where McDavid comes from. He a different different solar system on that from, one. A place where everything's only black and white. He's a robot. Come yeah, from. yeah. Only they're only only allowed to decorate things in black and white wherever Connor McDavid yeah. is from. I'm saying he comes monochrome from the only. Yeah. <laughs> Tough week for Connor McDavid. <laughs> It was the, it was when he turns around and locks eyes of the camera and goes oh shit I was yeah. like ooh if you wouldn't have said oh shit you could have talked your way out of this but like <laughs> rule one of getting caught don't act like you're caught <laughs> not just not just in relationships just in general in general <laughs> I you told me I couldn't have one of these cookies I thought I thought everyone could have one of these cookies where there's no sign that says yeah I, I can't have this I cookie. didn't see anything that said I actually was telling the story the other day I was like they didn't explicitly tell us not to do it and it's like that's just you know. 
That's the whole premise of Airbud, right? <laughs> <laughs> ain't no, ain't no rule a dog can't play basketball. Show me, show me where it says that. Yeah, when you're God, right. don't act like you're God. Megan, how many knives do we <laughs> need to give Darcy Kemper to keep up with Andre Vasilevsky? I don't know. See if it if it comes to him needing knives, that means that Darcy actually played well. And the Avalanche team in front of him didn't. And so I would prefer he has no knives. Because that means <laughs> Darcy Kemper no knife final here. plays really well. And the Avs play really well in front of him. Someone just fall. Okay. Uh, it's, just, it's just Eric. <laughs> Zero knife final. Sounds Zero good knife to me. finals. Vassy might get a knife. He <laughs> might deserve a knife. <laughs> there you go. Tampa can let Vassy down. I'm here for it. Uh, first of all. All expectations. Darcy said he's 100%. He's going to start game one. Yeah. I would say he's going to start game one. I don't, it, this hasn't been made official. No, uh, nothing. Jared Bender loves this. He, this is his favorite part yeah. of the season. Yeah. Because he gets to be all like, I'm going to tell you shit. Yeah. No, I, I would annoying. be, I would be legitimately, legitimately surprised if they went with Francois tomorrow. And I don't even really think that you're entering into like tandem territory. Um, yeah. where if Kemper has like a bad game, I don't think they're going to be looking to Francois. I think if Kemper can't play, I, I feel pretty confident about that. I think if he puts together like back to back brutal games, maybe, but I, I, just the way that Jared Bednar likes to operate the way that Joe Sackett likes to operate, Sackett likes to operate. I think they're going to give their trust to Kemper because like you have to have that at this point, if there's anything 50 50 in your mind going into the cup final, you've already lost. One, well, not like the point of it, but also you get to find out if Darcy's that guy. Yep. And oh, like, oh like absolutely. Rolling into, he's rolling into free agency here. You're going to feel, look, if he goes head to head against Vasi in a cup final and he wins that thing, back up the dump truck, baby. <laughs> totally cool being yep. like, we will pay you. Yeah. Right. If he goes out and he loses that job to Francois, he's going to have a hard time finding a job. Then I, I don't think he'll have a hard time finding a job in Colorado with a but contender. The, but the abs, yeah, there you go. Buffalo will be like, here you go. Right. Buffalo, and he'll be like, yeah. cool money. And my life sucks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but like they get to find out if Darcy is that dude or not. And you don't feel like he's really had a fair go of it this postseason. Because game three of the first round, he gets the eye injury, misses the next two games. Uh, Frankie closes out Nashville. Dope. And then St. Louis, like, you never really felt like Kemper was Kemper. Yeah. And then you come to find out at the start of the Oilers series, he's battling these problems. Can't see the puck. He pulls himself out of a game after giving up just just an absolute and unacceptable goal. That third goal that he gave up. Yep. The rebound, the the Derek Ryan yeah. shot that hits him in the chest, yep, yep, and the puck yep, sits yep, next yep, to yep, his yep, foot. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, unacceptable. He can't see the puck. But you also you you think, okay, well, how long has he been battling this? Because you you remember the St. Louis series, he couldn't stop anything cleanly. Yep, everything was a rebound, mm-hmm. and that was the starkest contrast to Frankie. And all of it made Frankie look like a straight up vacuum cleaner of pucks. Because he just sucked them all up and then held them. And if you've been familiar with Pavel Francouz's whole <laughs> career, you have never thought, boy, this guy's rebound control is great. It's <laughs> fantastic. But what? it looked great because Kemper hadn't not given up a rebound 
on any shot on goal in mm. six games. Well, and, and it was such a contrast to what we had kind of gotten used to from Darcy throughout the regular season. It was, dude, it was the and, exact opposite. And we've talked about it on this show so many times where you can just see it in Kemper's game. He's calm. He's collected. He's not busy. Uh, you know, he's making himself big. He's swallowing pucks. Yeah. And it was it was actually the the Josh what ended up being the Josh Manson save on Jordan Cairo in game six mm-hmm. against the Blues. That was the first time I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going just like it was just the way that Kemper Out of control. Right. He was just out of control on when the puck went from if you're looking at the net, right to left. Yeah. And then when it went back from left to right. It was over committing on both, sliding on on his side. It was just, it was. Dude, he was ready to take the face off. Like, and, and I just remember sitting there looking at that, like, there's something again, like what we were talking about with Miko and with Kucherov. It's like mm-hmm. there's something wrong here. This yeah. isn't just him, like, you know, all oh, jitters of the big moment. It's like that's a play that I, you know, of all the Darcy Kemper footage we watched before the season, all the Darcy Kemper we watched in person, I've never once seen him. Do well, that. When you see Kemper at his absolute best, his puck tracking rocks. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. He's reading the play. He picks up the puck, and it's why he's ultra-aggressive diving on him when it's right in front of him. Like so His rebound control's kind of always been bad, but it's it's him not knowing where the puck is going when it hits him. That was the thing that we, we hadn't seen before, where the puck is hitting him, and he's just like, well, I don't know where it is. I sure hope it's close. And well, He's just looking around, and when you saw that, when you go back and you watch the St. Louis series, look, yes, they get some bullshit goals off of tipped pucks. But you also see some of the other ones, you're like, dude, he's not reading this play. Like the David Perron backdoor power play one-timer, where Darcy Kemper's, he's not even in the net. Right. And you're like, you you go back and you watch it now, knowing what we know, and you're like, can he see this puck? Right. Because his puck tracking was so bad. We talked about it during the watch-along when it happened. It was so bad. That like he's he's not tracking it. He's not, and you're saying he's not reading it at all. He's not getting across. He's not putting well, himself in these positions. That's I something mean, that we did not, that we just were not accustomed to seeing. And so you're wondering, okay, is is he truly a hundred percent? Because if he's a hundred percent, you have to get the best out of him. Yeah. Then you've gotten this postseason. You can live with look. You're you're twelve and two, and you got here. Well, so you're you'll here. just live with right. it. It's been good enough. The goaltending hasn't been good. It's been good enough. Yep. It's been better than what the other team has gotten, and you're fine. You outscored that problem. Now you're against a team with an elite goaltender who erases the mistakes in front of them. Mm-hmm. That's not something that they've had to deal with. They. Uh, this is a, a totally different level. Darcy Kemper has to be at his best. And has to. Be. You mentioned like his his puck tracking and all that. That's the other thing that I remember even going back to the bubble series. Colorado, Arizona. And I remember even on TV where you don't get anywhere near the appreciation for what it's like down at ice level. But even on TV, I remember, you know, just certain angles. It's like, there's nothing to shoot at. Yep. You know, there, there, there is no white for you to be aiming for. It's, it's like this big of a hole, like right. over his shoulder right. or something. And, and, and he's such a monster that mm-hmm. even that is like, even that's look. right. Nothing. And, and we saw that at times this year. I remember there were games you know, again, in, in, coming down the stretch, February, whatever, being at games where he was so locked in that from the press box, you're like, there's nothing for these guys to shoot at. And if you get that, or even close to that version of Darcy in the final, it's going to be a phenomenal goaltending duel. Um, 
But as is the case with Darcy and with everyone, all of this that we've been talking about, all this we're saying, I'm sure we're getting ready to do our predictions. You got to show up. Mm-hmm. You got to show up and you've got to actually put it on the ice. All the mm-hmm. stuff we've talked about doesn't, if, if they weren't to do that, if they were, if they were to show up and not have their best game, it wouldn't change anything about what they've done, how they've played, what they've accomplished to this point. But wow, would that be a huge letdown? You got to do what you've been doing for a full season and three rounds of the playoffs for seven more games, up to seven more games, and you got to win four of them. You've got to actually show up and do it, and if they do that, I think the Avs will be in good shape. I love it. Let's get to the part of the show everyone wants. Well, we got to talk X-Factors because we haven't. Yeah, I think you're it right. can be a pretty quick conversation. It, look, I, we made the X-Factors very easy. You can just throw both of them up. Yeah. Uh, it's the injured dudes. Hmm. It, it's Braden Point and it's Nazem Kadri. Yep. And you don't know, neither side knows really what they're going to get out of the guy, even mm-hmm. though both are expected to come into the series at some point. Yeah, I think there's a good chance the point plays game one. I don't think it's happening for Kadri. The earliest I think we'll, we might see Kadri is game two. Uh, if the Avs are down to nothing, uh, I would bet everything in the world he's he plays in there. Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how, I think some of that might be dictated. Like if they're up to nothing, they maybe give him the extra day or whatever, sure. you know, who knows. But, uh, I do think, you know, point that, that as, as centers, they're incredibly important because yep. they, they just help improve your whole depth. And especially in Colorado where there's no Sorelli, there's no guy that can moonlight as your two C the way that a Sorelli can in Tampa Bay, you know, Miko Rantanen getting away with getting away with it at two C has been great. Awesome. Uh, JT Comfort can't hang yeah. in that role. He cannot hang in that role. I hope that that's not their plan because we've seen time and time again in his career. He's just not that guy. Uh, him at three C's. It's just, you're much better off there. Yeah. Um, Were you going to say something about Comfort? Oh, yeah. He's like, not cut out for 2C. <gasps> He's the only reason that third line has any offense right now. I really wouldn't want to mess that up either. Yeah. yeah. No, the bottom six is – I'm with you there. Mess with that bottom six <laughs> as that, little as you have don't to. That, <laughs> that third line for each team is going to be like, fascinating because if point is back uh, – if point is on that line, obviously that's like point going against Confer. You don't love that matchup. If it's Sorelli, you also don't love that matchup. <laughs> So it's advantage Tampa Bay kind of no matter what there. But if it's if point isn't for some reason, he's not he's not back. If he's certainly like neither guy will be 100 percent when they play. So which guy can give you the the, the closest sex to their of 50 yeah. Yeah, to their to their full production, then uh, like, well, it's a really big it's a really big part of this. And I think it's bigger for Colorado than it is. Tampa Bay because they just don't have a Sorelli. There's just no answer there. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, obviously everything has to play out on the ice. And when these guys get in, you can see point in game one and go, oh, wow, he looks awful. Yeah. Or you could see him and be like, wow, he looks really good. And and you have to adjust from that point forward. He's one of the leading postseason goal scorers over the last several years. Like the guy's a problem. Yep. It, it's it's hilarious because both teams have massive problems just dotted all over their lineup for the other team. Yeah. And I, I, I saw some people in chat saying it earlier. I've said it before. I, I really do think this is going to be a great finals no matter how it goes. I'm expecting some really high-end hockey. Yeah. I expect, these, I expect every single game to be 
really competitive. Yep. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Let's uh, let's get the part of the show that everyone loves and we hate. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. Why do you hate it? Why? I, I just don't. I would rather just watch the games instead of have people be like, oh, well, you said this was going to happen. Same. And it's just like, j- j- oh, okay. don't hate it. Feel, be proud of yourself that you have the balls to put a take out there, and all those people that want to. Come I mean, at last you don't. round I was the aggressive yeah, one. I went four one, and I ended up being the most correct. Yeah, yeah. I ended up still not giving the abs enough credit. Uh, so everyone taking Colorado on this podcast, big we shock. Have, like we weren't going to yeah, not right. I remember last round I was like, look, if Tampa Bay beats the Rangers, I'm taking Tampa Bay in the Cup final. Well, but like. <laughs> and then you know what's going to happen? Not taking Tampa Bay in the cup final. <laughs> but like, you, you guys got to get over it. You know what I mean, though? Like, I'm with you. Like, we both said the same yeah. thing. And, like, it is still one of those things where it's like, how do you pick against the two time cup favorite yep. or cup champ? Um, ooh, sorry. Can you go back to that? No, I can't. Oh, okay. here. It was, it was Megan and I in six, AJ in five, and Jesse so, in seven. The reason I did it in seven, I said in our playoff, our full. 16-team playoff preview show, as I said, one of the demons the Avs had to slay was Game 7. Nathan McKinnon is, I believe, 0-3 in career Game 7s. And so I just said, wouldn't it be, wouldn't that just be the cap to all this? You get all the way to the end, and you have one last demon to slay, and it's a Game 7 for Nathan McKinnon. That was why I went seven. You and I that, talked last night. As long as he gets the game winning goal, right? Like, it's all good. That's the storybook ending, but maybe the best way to slay that demon is just don't play oh, a game no, seven. Oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> They've totally figured it out. This They're like, look, if we just don't lose games, yeah, 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 yeah. there are no demons. <laughs> well, and uh, I actually went – someone posted a graphic of the 11 series wins. Do you know the round one this year was Tampa's first game seven of this three-year run? No, it's not. They played second game seven yeah. of this three year run. Say, Sorry. I very distinctly remember hoping Islanders. that my car does not flood yeah. while listening to the Islanders lose one nothing. Yep. Oh God, yep. that game was awful. It was. Yeah. I, I, I didn't watch it. I had to listen to it at a rest stop in Nebraska during a flash flood. Yeah. But it was still, pretty, pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> pretty impressive. That Distinct memory. 11 imagine. series wins, and only twice did it take you the full. See? They figured it out, too. Yeah. Yep. Well, so I was going to say, so I mean, don't maybe you don't, have, maybe don't, don't have to go through game, game seven, seven but. Uh, I, I'm, I'm taking the abs. I really do. We, we joked about it last round and look, I'm going to put out my power rankings. It's down to two teams. Tampa's still going to be one from what we said earlier. They are the best team until they're not. Mm-hmm. But I just, this year, the abs seem, they just seem dialed in. They seem ready. Um, somebody in chat asked earlier, um, every year we talk about the team of destiny. In the postseason, in the last, you know, a team that gets the breaks, the bounces, things just kind of seem to go their way that you can't really explain. You can easily argue it's Colorado this year. Well, and, and I just. They've combined elite talent with good fortune. They've taken advantage of their opportunities. They absolutely belong here. I just, this, it kind of reminds me of the Caps from a few years ago, 2018, mm-hmm. when they won, where once they beat the Pens. You could just see it. It's like they aren't going to let that go to waste. Smooth sailing. Right. Like. They, they, that was their big hill. They aren't going to let it go to waste. And them, Darren Helm scoring that goal with five seconds left, it was the same look on Ab, the Avs' face. It's the only time, even after they win the Western Conference, Jared Bednar, stone cold. Dude, Miko looked like he was going to kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> after they win the Western You started to wonder, like... 
does Miko Branton like hate doing yeah, the media? Yeah. Like, does he hate it? But <laughs> it looks so miserable sitting up there. Home. They they scored to win Game Six, and there was just a look like, "You're not going to stop us now." Yeah. Like we ah, we did it. You're not going to stop us now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Siri wanted to get in on the conversation. It's Siri. Sh- don't. Who's winning the Stanley Cup? <laughs> so, look, X-Factor. here's the thing about destiny. I don't believe in it. You make your own. Mm, sure. It's all there is to it. You make your own bounces. For I sure. am way too much of a romantic to believe that destiny <laughs> yeah, isn't a thing. I was going to say, I do believe, I wholeheartedly believe you make your own bounces. JT Comfer, unbelievable play coming out of the box <laughs> yeah. to, to shake Evan Bouchard. And he earned that puck Should, squeaking well, through on. from his hustle, from his play strength. That I believe. If I were to believe in destiny, I wouldn't use the name Andre Vasilevsky at all for the rest of the series. I would just refer to him as the tower. All right. God, no <laughs> kidding. Well, they need that tower to go sideways. Yeah. So maybe that's maybe that's the monument from Tampa Bay that I take. Is the, the, the tower tarot the tower, card. The tower tarot card. <laughs> We're a long way from that show. Yep. Ways to go yet. Megan's very excited for next year's tarot card show. Oh, yeah. That's just, it's just going to be her. We don't need to bring anybody in. In the same way that you called a day off on the one proposed show that we had, I'm calling a day off for that day. I'm out on the tarot cards. <laughs> okay. That was, that was a, I'm sure it will be a was, fun show there, for you There guys. was like, a, I ended up being way more stressed during that show because I started yeah, to feel. AJ had serious regrets. I started to feel major ownership of what was taking place and all the predictions that were coming out. Because people were like, AJ, you did this. And I'm like, I did do this. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, final thoughts on this series, wherever well, you're at. No, no, so no, 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 no. Megan gets to go first. Just, I was going to say, Jesse picks in seven, and we don't get to talk about any of our no. other picks. Nope, that's right. No. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the reason I didn't choose seven is because I think if it does go to seven games, I do think Tampa wins it. And I that's why I think the apps have to do it How in do six. How you pick against Bassey? Yeah. It's because of Vassy, and I have a lot of fear about that. I think it's going to be so competitive. It's going to be really entertaining, and I've never watched the Avs from this position before. Yeah, you're 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 new here. Really new. <laughs> All right, we've never watched the Avs from this position before either, where we've been this invested day in day it's true. out. This this started for us in September. I mean, you were you weren't even working for us yet <laughs> when we ran into each other in Arizona. Yeah. Yep. God, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it is crazy that that was the same season. Dude, this same round season. one of this playoffs feels like last year. Like, <laughs> seriously, the horrific tornado dodging drive back from Canada feels like it was two years ago. <laughs> well, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I told AJ this, like you put that message in our group chat. You're like, hey guys, we're really going to start, you know, talking about draft. And in my head, I was like, the fuck, Rudo? Like the draft? I was like, that's we got plenty of time. <laughs> nope. And then I looked at the counter. I was like, oh no, we've got like twenty days, yeah, like three weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, just kidding. Rudo, <laughs> spot on. I'm the is idiot. Pushing their draft show at their bar yep. constantly. Yeah. Because you know, that's a huge thing. Right. And it's around the corner. Yep. Yep. So so we're, think, we're think, just like, oh yeah, draft, huh? Cool, that, that'll be a thing that happens. <laughs> We're less than a month from free agent, or I actually think, yeah, yeah less, less than, than a, a month, month from free agency. 
Yeah, already have uh, Val Nachushkin is bailing on Colorado stuff starting. Oh, so. boy. Very excited to get into that. That'll uh, be a lot of fun. I think we're on your final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple, man. Colorado rules and Tampa Bay rules. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I think it's going to be an absolute war of a series. Yeah. But I think that this is, this is a team that just won't let this chance get by them. I think that there's... there. Uh, of all the people, this is a weird anecdote for this time, but of all the people that I talked to in the NHL, it was a conversation I had with Brent Seabrook once where, and I, cause I don't talk to opposing players a ton, mm. but I did early, early, early in, in my career. And I remember asking him about like his view of the abs and kind of that hunger to win that first one. And he said like weirdly, honestly, especially cause we had no relationship where he was like, the first one, the first one, it was different. By the third one, it was nice, but we didn't have the same drive to win it as we did the first one. The first one, we were unstoppable. Mm -hmm. The third one, had we lost it, we all would have said, damn, that's such a missed opportunity. That sucks. But it's you can never regain the same level of fire to win the first one. And I look at you look at the teams that didn't win it over the years and never got back. You look at uh, the Nashvilles, the San Jose's great teams that get there and just, they don't have it. And I don't, I don't think that this team is happy to be here. I think that the team wants what's next. Yep. They want that celebration. I think they're determined. They've been serious about this. This is, this is, what this whole season has been about has been about the this next era, next two weeks. It's it's just this. This is the only thing that they care about. This is the only thing they're interested in. They're not worrying about anything other than the game that they have to play in order to get to where they want to get to. There's no more next steps. There's this. This is it. This is it. And I think I think about that Seabrook conversation. This is a team trying to win its third one. Of course they're motivated. Of course they're comfortable in this. But they're going up against a team that is, they're dying to win it. Desperate. They don't want to win it. They're dying to win it. They will do anything to win it. And that's why that's why I'm picking the abs in this. So you stepped on a lot of the toes of what I was going to say. But really you just made it easier for me because now I just get to shorten what I, what I was going to say. I agree with you 100%, man. I, I, and it's, it's two people in particular. It's Jared Bednar and it's Nathan McKinnon. There is a look in Nathan McKinnon's eye when you talk to him right now. I told you downstairs, a conversation that I had with someone uh, in Edmonton when the abs were up three to nothing. I said, Nathan McKinnon needs one more game of help. He needs his teammates to help lift this group into the cup finals. And then he's going to take them from there. I just don't think Nathan McKinnon. It's, it's an unbelievable team on the other side. Yeah. Maybe Tampa is so good. I mean, th this is even even if Tampa loses this Cup final, this is as close to a dynasty as we've seen since the '80s. Even more so than the Blackhawks. Yep, the Blackhawks just fell apart so fast. Yeah, it was right. so, done. So you go back again, 2015. The Lightning are in the finals. Mm -hmm. Then they have, I think, regular two, conference final or appearances. Two yeah. Game Seven conference finals where they lose, and then they get swept in the first round and mm -hmm. now they've been to three straight finals like you are nearing i guess you're still a couple years away a decade of 
greatness and mm-hmm. deep playoff runs. It's a huge task. But I do think what you said, we talked near the end of the season. The Avs have nothing to be desperate for. They have to manufacture desperation. They're going to play four to seven games of the most desperate hockey. I think, AJ, I think you summed it up perfectly. It's not they want to win. They they need to win. Mm -hmm. They're dying to win. And I think you're going to see guys... I think you're going to see some unbelievable hockey from both sides. I think this is going to be maybe some of the best hockey we've ever seen in the history of Colorado um, because I think you have a group that understands that while they haven't gotten to the cup finals in loss, they've been through their own versions of heartbreak. Yeah. Um, and and if there's any team, I was really impressed with Tampa Bay this morning, seeing them up close, the way they conduct themselves and, and handle their business. The only team that I've seen even close that, is the avalanche. And I think you have two teams that are going about their business the same way. And I think one team, maybe like you said, this isn't me saying Tampa doesn't want it, but there's a little bit deeper desperation on one side. Yep. Look, I believe this version of the avalanche is the best version of the avalanche that's ever been constructed. I agree. Better than 2001, better than last year. I believe this is the best version of this hockey team that there's ever been. Man, I think this year's Avs would house last year's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was actually going to say maybe the only team that you could have made the argument, which it sucked because they ended up doing nothing. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's the Paul Korea team yeah, Solani. Oh, three. Yeah. Uh, Where, like, just... Like, LOL of an offseason. Yeah, but that team didn't have a coach. And Jared Bednar is the best coach the Avs have ever had. Well, no, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, in that team, you know, on paper, maybe that's the only one that was, like, roster-wise just as loaded as this one. Tell you what, though. This one one doesn't get to say they're as good as 2001. Unless they they do the thing. Until they they do it. So they have to go out and do it. We have a couple super chats here to get to. Thank you very much, you guys. $10 from Banks. Flying from Charlotte and going to game two, but going to stop by the bar to pregame before. I can't wait to see the bar for the first time. Praying we're 1-0 when I get there. Love y'all and go Just a quick, uh, in case anybody has missed it, the bar is closed on... Non-game days. Non-game days, and it opens up three hours before puck drop. Yep. I would start getting here sometime in that, if you can, because the bar has been getting absolutely packed. If you want to sit, if you want a seat, get here three hours before. Yeah, seriously. For real. (laughs) It it has been that busy here. So just to give you guys a heads up. Uh, $5 from Cygnus. This is going to be the most electric finals we've seen in the last 20 years. Have your cardiologist on speed dial. Yeah, it's going to be the first finals that I've watched in a while. Yeah. Really? I, like, I caught a game here and there, but I didn't watch wire to wire any of the finals. Oh. for. It's been a long time. The last one I watched all of was Washington. That was a fun one. Yeah. That was a really fun one. I That was a... Fuck Vegas. <laughs> uh, and then $4 from Ryan. For surprise player number four, I'm with AJ. I pick five again. Ha. Nailed it. All right. Huh, what kind of a bar is that? It's one under renovation, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're redoing the whole thing. So the whole thing. It'll be even be better next different. year. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, 
I guess that about wraps up an hour and a half long series preview. I think we got everything in. If you are not satisfied, I have the two-parter with uh, with Dom with Go Dom check it over out. on yeah. the uh, on the PDO cast that you guys can get into. It's like an hour and twenty minutes, something like that. Yeah. Uh, either way, keep it posted right here. Great time to get a DNVR membership. We already mentioned. We got a highlight video coming up. We got Jesse breaking down a ton of stuff coming up. We got probably some sort of season series preview written style from AJ. Uh, we've got we'll a hype video coming tomorrow. We got you covered on content. Yeah. Thank you for the dollar. The very real Peter Worrell. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. We love you so much. We will uh, see you for pregame. We will see you pregame for game one of the Stanley Cup finals tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. We hope to see you there.